guys? Welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. This is Andrew Frezza with Melissa Dixon, and today we're going to be talking about how to design better warm-ups, and we're specifically going to talk about coach-led warm-ups versus classes doing it on your own or on their own where you would describe the warm-up and then they would do it on their own um, to a clock or to uh, intervals or whatever it might be. So we want to talk about these different formats because we use both at our facilities. We like both formats of this and um, we think there's benefits and detriments to both, pros and cons to both. And if you guys are getting stuck in one version or the other, then I think you're, you're missing out by not using the other version. And we also want to kind of give you some of the nuance as well to, to know when it might be better to use one version or the other based on the workout that day, how much time you have to work with, and, and maybe the style or design of that warm-up and what you want it to include. So let's kick it off talking about coach-led side of things. And probably the, the biggest benefit that I see with coach-led stuff is that you have the whole group together. So if you say, if you give a cue that's a general cue or a general point of performance that you want everybody to do, you can give it to them when they're currently doing the movement or as they're about to do that movement. So there's a recency to that of providing that feedback and that cueing that is really helpful that if you have the group together, <clears throat> it's so awesome to be able to provide that cue together. I think even before that too, before anyone starts moving, you do your class announcements and getting right into a coach-led warm-up, you don't have to go through the laundry list of, okay, then you're gonna do this, then you're gonna do that. You don't have to explain. So you can come up with a, a longer list of stuff for them to do, but not have to talk about a single one except that very first movement. All right, guys, we're gonna grab our squat band or all right, guys, we're gonna line up over here for line drills. And then mm -hmm. you are right into it, you know, minute two of people arriving to class, you're already warming up. So I like them, especially when you have a tight lesson plan, you've got a big long workout to do later, we only have a few minutes to get right into it. You don't wanna have to have a lot of transition time. Coach led's a really easy way to just get people moving quick. Yeah, one of the big concepts that we want coaches to understand is what is the ratio of talking to moving in, in the entirety of a class, in a warm up in your introduction or preamble to class, and you don't want this huge preamble where people are sitting there listening to you for three, four, five minutes, and they haven't even moved or done anything yet. So it's, I prefer that coach-led format for that because we might share a quick announcement about an upcoming event, and then it's just like, let's grab a, a dumbbell, let's grab a band, let's spread out and let's go. Um, it can feel very much like a seminar sometimes when you go drop into a gym and it's minute six or seven and you're looking at the clock and you still haven't really started to work out or warm up at all. And you're like, okay, well, what are, what are we doing? Yeah, you could go 10% of the class and, and not have done anything yet besides talk about what you're about to do. And that's a pretty significant chunk of time that you're missing out. Um, another reason why I like the coach-led side of things is you can, you can make more adjustments on the fly. Um, maybe it's like, you know, in a 30 second interval, you want them to do 15 seconds of one movement and then switch it up at the 15 second mark right into something else. You have the ability to do that. You have the ability to um, bring nuances to an individual movement that like might have a pause in it or a tempo in it. And when everybody's doing it together, it's so much easier to lean into those nuances. Yeah, I really like having it too because you know, you can progress things through the warm up. 
You can start off with static things. You can change it. Like I was saying before, you can have a laundry list of things mm -hmm. and you can, you can say, okay, this is kind of my round one through this warm up. This first movement is going to be a plank hold. And then second round of it that you're coach leading, you're changing that movement to plank shoulder taps. You can mm -hmm. make it very complex and very complicated, progressing every movement in that. Maybe you have a barbell in it and you're progressing it from positions to pulls to the actual power and then to a squat variation of it later. You know, you can put those things throughout the warm up without spending so much talk time on, okay, round one, it's gonna be this, two, it's gonna be this, three, it's gonna be that. You can't really get into that level of complexity and have your athletes follow along in a group format, but in that coach-led format, you know, you're in charge and maybe it's a five-second break in between or 10-second break in between movements and you're just telling them what's next. You have their full attention for them to progress however you want. Yeah, I think from a stimulus perspective, the, pro the progressive thing that you're bringing up is probably the most, the biggest benefit of a coach-led warm-up. Um, I'm a big fan of like breaking a little bit of a sweat in a warm up, but I'm also really, as someone who's had back issues myself and just has been in this 10 years and truly lit, hears clients and what they're saying and how difficult it is for some clients to, to get warmed up, especially, you know, at 4.50 a.m. in the morning with some of our earlier classes, like I'm a big fan of getting sweaty and, you know, things like broad jumps or burpees or jumping jacks or whatever it is. like. I think those things have a place in a warm-up, but if I'm doing that within the first two minutes of warm-up, I think that's a poorly constructed warm-up. So when you can have these progressive formats where that doesn't come in until the end of a warm-up, I think that's really key. And you can, you can really kind of meet people where they're at when they're starting the day, you know, with some more flowy stuff, maybe some scorpions, some Spider-Man lunges, some stuff that looks a little bit more dynamic stretching, but by the end of it, we're really moving and getting our heart rate up. That to me is a really nicely constructed warm-up that, that feels good as an athlete. Yeah, I also like just like how it feels as a coach to coach a coach-led warm-up. You know, you, you can move around the room, you can change your positions where you're demonstrating stuff for. So if you know there's someone who has something that you know, it may be a little tricky for them or they're a newer athlete, you might demonstrate it right in front of them mm -hmm. where you have the other veteran athletes on the other side. So you can really customize your delivery. You can really customize, you know, where you are in time and space throughout the class where, you know, on, a, on an AMRAP or something that they're on their own with, you're usually giving one position, you're going through the motions and then breaking everybody yeah. out and they've got to remember what to do, remember how many reps of something. And so, you know, the newer people tend to get lost in that shuffle a lot. And then you end up having to spend all your time with that new person, just telling them the format of things and following them around, making sure they know all the movements. Um, this gives you that opportunity to do that in small doses, but also focus on the bigger group. Yeah. Um, throughout. All really key, also really key when a late person shows up, they can catch up really quickly in a coach-led warm-up because they just do what everybody else is doing, where it's a little harder if you're in a uh, kind of your on-your-own format for a warm-up. Um, let's talk about some of the downsides of coach-led, which will pretty much lead into some of the upsides of the on-your-own version. Um, and one, one that I found is that it can be difficult to um, really get one-on-one -on -one connections. You know, I think if you look at like the CrossFit level two, for those of you coaches that have been in that, 
and the way that they have you guys lead lead a group through like a circle, you know, a circle where everyone's going to be working through push jerk progressions and you know, everyone's got the bar up overhead and you can cue people and and you can go one by one through that. Like you're getting technical touch points on people, um, but you can really only get those technical touch points if you're having people like pause and it's it's like do a rep together, rest, do a rep together, rest. And I think those types of formats have a place, but I think if you're doing that every day, I don't know, I just found that the general public isn't wanting that style every single day. It's a little bit too much yeah. for them. And, and then when you could, if you were to try to like find out, you know, how someone slept the night before or how they're feeling that day, it's just not going to happen really in those formats. The, the opportunities for that are so few and far between. Yeah, there's usually with, with a coach-led format, it's usually a structure where it's like 30 seconds on, 10 seconds off or some amount of time on and a very brief rest time for you to demonstrate the next thing and get them right into mm -hmm. it. And you one, are not going to see a lot of reps performed in that. So if there is something that is technical for the day, sometimes it doesn't fit because you want to be able to have a time where you can technically coach and cue. You can see faults come up in an unweighted environment and be able to, you know, cue and correct those things. And sometimes that just, you're not going to have enough time to do it, but sometimes it's also not going to give you enough reps of data to kind of mm -hmm. figure out what's going on with their patterns. And then in a 30 second window, you can really only work with one person in any given mm -hmm. movement because you're going to have to, you know, kind of slow them down, stop, talk to them about it, try to make a change. It's just not going to lend itself to any of that. Right. Kind of and you might have to rush back to the center of the room where everyone can see you again to explain what's coming next. And, and then if you're not on a structured timer, these kind of formats can go long for that reason too. If that person's really not a great director and not someone who is, you know, keeping track of things diligently, if they're in a hold or a stretch and you're having a conversation, they may hold for a minute on one side and then only 20 seconds on the other side to try to catch yourself back up because you're kind of getting lost on your own with no clock at hand. Yeah, we found if we truly allow a freedom of like, hey, you're going to do a coach-led PVC warm-up hit these movements, like even if every coach hits the same movements, without a timer, it can vary a lot from coach to coach. So I think that's another downside of coach-led is if you don't have it on a specific timer, you can see a huge variance from coach to coach in terms of the delivery yeah. of it. And keeping it consistent throughout the day too. I think line drills is very guilty of this. If you have a small class, you can run line drills in five minutes that you couldn't get through 20 mm -hmm. because of the wait time of the group going in heats or waves or if you've ever done that before. And the big classes, you might lag into the next class just because you want to get through the amount of things you're supposed to get through in your lesson plan. But the, the transition times eat up a lot of that time. And then, you know, 7 a.m. rolls around and we have five people and you're through all that same amount of work, but in a very short time frame. So they could yeah. be unpredictable in that way as well. And to your point there, that could end up where you, you have so much downtime in the warm-up, in a coach-led warm-up, that people actually don't get very warm, mm -hmm. right? If you do line drills and it's not like high knees and butt kicks and more this faster pace stuff, it's Spider-Man lunges and inchworms, awesome. and you have wow. three or four heats of that, by the time the first group is done, you're having to wait to the third or fourth group to get through that, and they basically worked for 30 seconds and rested for 40 seconds. They're resting more than they're working, and it's not even an intense movement to begin with, so they're not getting warm mm -hmm. there. And I think the same thing could be true in a non-line drill format where 
coach, if coaches aren't stuck to a timeline, they can spend so much time talking that the ratio of talking to moving gets thrown out. And that they, yes, they got great technical coaching in, but the, the real essence of the goal of the warm-up to get you warm and sweaty and a little bit of heart rate up and, and to get that central nervous system firing, they actually missed the boat on that. Yeah, it definitely has to be crafted for the right day with the right amount of time with the right movements to be able to be really successful. Yeah, so that leads into, let's talk about on your own formats and um, what that might look like and some of the benefits of it. So just like roughly basic formats that we use so people kind of get what we're talking about is we might just do like three rounds, not for time, three exercises, you got an eight minute cap to do it. You get done early, do some stretching on your own. Or maybe we'll say seven minute AMRAP, but the goal is not to get as many rounds as you can, just try to get through two plus rounds in seven minutes of this and you give them three to four movements to work through. And the benefit of that is that, I, my favorite part about that is it allows me to really step into the cheerleader role as a coach to just connect with people during that time. I'm gonna do pretty minimal technical coaching, although that's one, I think another benefit is that you actually can do detailed technical coaching because you can just stay with an athlete for like a minute or two if needed. But I like it because now I can go across the room, there's a little bit of that director side off my plate where I'm having to keep people into the logistics of what we're doing and I can just go and meet people and talk to people and, and kind of build those social side. Yeah, I think that's huge because I think most of the technical coaching that I actually do in a warm-up like that is because I've built the relationship in that warm-up. So it's, hey, how's your day going? Oh, no, I didn't sleep last night and I'm really tired. And then I get to actually talk to them about like, oh, well, hey, today's not, you know, today's a really intense day. We're doing yeah. Fran. So how do you think you're going to approach that and start talking to them about what their approach is for the day and, and getting some some relationship building but quality coaching moments yeah. where you know we're they're performing some step ups on the box or some scat pull ups to get ready for pull ups or whatever we're you know we're doing in the warm up i don't have to technically coach those to still get technical coaching moments in yeah and it allows a client to go at their pace a little bit more um, and not that a warm up is ever going to be too crazy if it's coach led but you will see clients that just like to kind of go one thing to the next and then you have other clients that like to take, your, take their time on things, you know, especially if you have a more stretchy type of movement in there, a perfect stretch, a Samson lunge. Some clients really like to take their time with those and then others don't. And that's perfectly fine in a on your own warmup because there's gonna be a cap in place. We're all gonna finish roughly the same time, um, but someone just might get an extra round or two and that's perfectly okay. I think it gives the coach the freedom to, to design it very specific to the movements that you're going to be going towards for the day so like if we are doing fran i can put a lot of you know shoulder stability stuff in the mm -hmm. warm-up but i can also put a lot of heart rate stuff in the warm-up and i can put some squat stuff in the warm-up so you know i can look at what i need to develop and really have some freedom and giving targeted exercises for that and then it also gives a lot of wiggle room and a lot of play room um, to have all kinds of different styles of, of workouts come up like EMOMs and AMRAPs and buy-ins and buy-outs to get creative where mm -hmm. I think some people will look at it and say the on your own style is the least creative, but I think you know you can have a lot of freedom in that format as a coach to, to come up with crafty things. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. We, we do try to mix it up. I gave the two examples, but we do, will do six or eight minute EMOMs. We will do a seven minute AMRAP with 
a 250 meter row buy-in and then remaining time work through these movements. Um, what I actually find, you know, and a lot of this depends on the movement selection, but I find if a well-crafted on your own warm-up can actually get you more, uh, more exercise, more movement in a shorter period of time. Because once you get through the first round, especially if it's, let's say it's only three movements that you're working through, once you get the first, through the first round, you know what's coming next. And you don't have any wasted time looking back at the board or waiting for the coach to describe what's coming. So I find that once we get into the flow of it, you can actually get more warm in these types of settings if they are well-designed and simple, which they, they should be. Um, but I like that. I remember we did uh, the Active Life seminar, and we were, we, I think it was like an eight-minute warm-up. But it was and, two movements. Yeah, it was just like scat pull-ups and low bear crawl or that something. And we were, you know, we were all sweating and smoked. And it was a perfect warm-up because those are not intense movements, but they hit pretty much everything, at least everything that we needed to hit for that particular segment of the seminar. And um, it was perfect. And, and simplicity can win in those on-your-own formats. Yeah, I think, I think another thing that I really like about the on-your-own is you can, you can, a well-placed drill can go in it, too, like strapless rowing. You know, mm -hmm. that's one that comes up for me that we've done recently. Um, those things can come up in warm-ups where you're, you know, putting the screen down in blind rowing or doing focused things where you can get people a little bit of technique work without you in it, without yeah. you technically coaching them, but things that can drive better technique on, on their own. Too. Yeah, like we would do a clean day and like maybe one of the movements is you're going to do position one to position two transitions. Mm -hmm. So where that movement could be an RDL to warm up the hamstrings and posterior, it just has a little more intention. And it's not, you know, maybe that movement would progress, but I would actually encourage you if you're gonna put something like that, don't progress it. All three rounds, they hit that exact movement. And then you get three opportunities to coach that movement. You get to do it in maybe a, like, I know our, we're so used to doing like general warm up barbell prep work as two separate components that it is a really nice change of pace when that blends on some days and you have some of that barbell skill work in the warm-up and then after the warm-up's done, you go right into a strength or right into your conditioning for that day and it just changes the feel of the day. So I don't feel like, well, every time we do cleans, I'm gonna have this eight-minute barbell prep, um, but we still got people better. We still, still get people- in their positions. Exactly. Now let's talk about some of the downsides of the on-your-own side of things. Um, one thing that I've seen is that it can be hard to coach the group as a whole because like you, if you get two minutes into a seven minute AMRAP, if you start yelling, hey, remember on this movement, do this, you might have half the class not even on that movement at all. They might already be on to something else or they might have started in a different station, which actually I'll rewind real quick. <laughs> One of the pros of, of the on your own format, especially in our gym is that it can help with logistics. Like if you only have 10 rowers and you have a 25 person class, you can start people in different stations. Really hard to incorporate a rower, 10 rowers into a 25 person class in a coach led format. Right. So um, just want to touch on that really quick. But in terms of the, uh, the flow of things, it's just so much easier to coach a group and to give out a cue that everyone can take action on when we are doing a group 
format together versus on your own. Yeah, I think it's hard to craft in that way too because while you're coming up with a warm up for the day, you have to consider all those points. You have to consider not just the equipment and logistics of it, but the, okay, if I'm making it three rounds, what's the fastest person? It's just mm. like programming a workout of the day. Yeah. Because you have people who do want to move fast through stretches <laughs> and you have people who want to move slow through stretches. So if it's not an AMRAP that's going to just have people going, or even if it is an AMRAP and you're like, well, how many rounds are they going to get in this time domain? Do I need to add another movement there? They can go wrong quickly when you don't craft them in the right way because yeah. you can have people who are done in five minutes, but you want them working out for nine. You know, you want them warming up for nine. So um, what are those people going to do if they finish in five? Um, especially when there's like running in the warm up or something like that. That's, those are things that tend to have people either going very quick on or very slow on depending on their pace of the day. And I, I've seen it done really well in the past where we've said, okay, it's eight minute time cap, but you're stretching in remaining time or you're doing AMRAP of, you know, face down scorpions in remaining time or giving them some kind of target mm -hmm. to where everyone's working for the same amount of time, but they might not be doing the same thing at the same time. Yeah. And then I would say the, the biggest con is it's hard to get variety into a, a on your own format because with variety becomes more things to explain and more things to explain turns into this big preamble at the beginning of the class where people, you know, if it's early in the morning, people have to sleep. They're not really paying attention. If it's after work, they're, they're still stressed about work. They haven't made that transition yet. And you've explained six different things for them to remember and they remember none of them. Yeah. So in order for those on your own formats to be effective, you really have to keep it to like three's ideal, no more than four. Um, if, it's a, if it's simple movements, you might be able to get away with like three plus a progressive format where the third movement changes every round uh, or four where the fourth movement changes every round. But you're starting to really toe the line there because it's a lot to remember. So you just have to be able to get you have to be able to touch on all the things you need to get warm for with only three movements or only four movements. Um, so it can feel limiting in that sense. Yeah, it can be really hard to bucket that as a coach. And, yeah. and, and then hone in on things that, okay, well, did we do the same movement yesterday and yesterday's warm up? Because if yeah. we're doing a similar pattern, maybe we're snatching today and we deadlifted yesterday. I don't know what your programming's like or how mm -hmm. far they would space something like that out. but. You know, you have to consider the warm-up movements from the day before too, because you have members who come six days a week, and yeah. when they see a, a gorilla squat four out of six days, it just becomes really mundane, and you run the risk of losing people just because they get bored. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I want to talk about really how you can apply both of these to get the most of it. We've been slipping in little tips here and there, but I think if if you were to kind of craft the perfect day, at least in our gym setting. You'd have a well-designed, simple, on-your-own warm-up directly into some kind of coach-led skill. To me, that's like the perfect balance in most days. But you're going to purposely break that rule so not every day feels the same. And sometimes you're going to have coach-led warm-ups that are kind of a mix of a general and a specific warm-up, and it's just one long warm-up. Um, there's going to be times where you just go on your own, and there is no coach-led component to it. But I would say more often than not, the best, most ideal format is like a simple general on your own, right into a coach led. And I really like doing that. So our beach fit class is only 45 minutes. 
And we're having to pack a lot into that class because our workouts tend to be 20 to 26 minutes of just the, the actual workout of the day time, you know, not including describing it, not including setting up for it, not including warm up, not including cool down. I really like to do a warm up where like we have everybody in class grab a light dumbbell and the warm up includes really basic movements, an RDL, um, a single arm strict press. But then the workout is actually a hang clean and jerk. So as soon as the warm up's done, hey, stick with your dumbbells. I just want to quickly review the hang clean and jerk with you guys. We'll prep the hang clean, we'll prep the jerk, and we'll put it together. And then in like three minutes, you get five reps each side of the hang clean. You get five reps each side of the shoulder to overhead. You get five reps putting it together. And you, you were able to, in a really short period of time, get that perfect balance of group or um, on their own right into coach led and there's no like downtime it's just right into the next thing yeah or or the opposite coach led with some flowy stretching stuff a quick five minutes coach led five minute amrap yeah and then you know hey we're going right into this yeah i don't see that used enough i i do that a lot with pvc work like in a more of a crossfit type setting hey we're going to do pass-throughs we're going to do uh, good mornings with the PVC. We're going to do around the worlds. We're going to do leg swings. Okay, now that we're generally warm, let's go into a four minute AMRAP of PVC overhead squats, uh, Cuban press, and lateral hops over the PVC pipe. So it's like something that's high heart rate, and you're doing it kind of in opposite, reverse of, of the uh, traditional format. Yeah. Um, I think we touched on it, which is basically stick with one piece of equipment. I don't know if we explicitly said that yet, but I want to say it again, is when you're doing either of these formats, um, but I think especially with the, the coach-led side of things, stick with one piece of equipment, like grab a PVC pipe, grab a single dumbbell, grab a single squat band or a single pull-up band, and let's stick with that one thing. You don't want them to waste three minutes dragging a bunch of stuff out. Um, if it is on their own, I think that lends itself to maybe needing two pieces of equipment, but usually the one piece of equipment is already staged. You already have boxes down the middle of the room. You already have rowers out. Bands so that, attached to the rig. You already have bands attached to the rig. That one piece of equipment is already taken care of. Okay, now everybody grab a barbell. Now everybody grab this additional piece. But usually if you're grabbing more than one thing, it gets clunky. And then if someone's late, they really have to play catch up. Uh, or, or risk falling behind in that class. Yeah, if you're gonna grab more than one piece of equipment, that second piece of equipment needs to be something that's going to be used in the workout. So we'll do stuff like plates, but the plate ground to overhead, like a plate snatch and bus driver squats, mm -hmm. we're putting that on our barbell next. So it's already something that they need that's gonna minimize transition time for you later. It's not as easy as like a squat band or you know a pass-through band, like the, um, pull -up the bands. skinny pull-up bands. Yeah. Um, those are going to be things that are going to need to be wiped down, put away, you know, take up that kind of time where we, we don't want we don't want too much walking around and socialization. So then we have to corral everybody's attention back towards us. Yeah. When it comes to coach led, my favorite format, I would say, is a 30 on 10 off. I think that one is just such a great go to. Um, and I like it because 30s, so many movements fit well in a 30 second window. And 10 seconds is that perfect amount of time where Really, if we're talking more general warm-up style, it, sh it shouldn't, you shouldn't need to really have to explain these movements. Most of the time, you physically demoing what's coming next can do most of the talking for you. You know, if you're going from a plank shoulder tap into a glute bridge, you can be kind of 
five seconds ahead of the group, you're already in your glute bridge position. So as that 30 seconds is ending, you're saying, all right, flip over to your back. Next one's glute bridges. You're demoing it as you're saying that. And you don't really have to say, okay, your feet are gonna be glued to the ground. You're gonna squeeze your butt at the top. You're gonna hold for two seconds. Not, that stuff doesn't need to be said before they start moving. If you wanna add it as they are moving, you can. But I like that format a lot um, for just keeping coaches and the classes on track. Yeah, my favorite, like, just using that glute bridge example, you know, just even silently demonstrating it to them in that 10, 10 seconds and saying, we're doing a glute bridge can be enough to a veteran mm -hmm. class. And then as they're moving saying, remember, get those hips as high as you can, drive those heels into the ground, just saying things while they're moving and then getting yourself in the next position for what's next, you're mm -hmm. in plank, you know, you're gonna be doing plank shoulder taps next or whatever it is. Um, giving them those overarching class things that hit everyone in the group, just reminding them what to do in that. Yeah. I like that format. And then allow, allow your format to be progressive. So as a general rule of thumb, we're trying to start with slower, more strict, lower intensity, dynamic stretching type of movements. As that warm-up progresses, we're going to add um, more dynamic movements, more intense movements, uh, more complex movements to it, higher heart rate movements. So lean into that because that's the biggest benefit of that type of format. So lean into that format and take advantage of it. Yeah, and I'm not saying there that the 3010 that you were talking about before is is bad because I think I like that better than going without the timer. But I yeah. do think there are times where you don't need that timer. Specifically, when I was saying if you're blending those formats, if you're yeah. using coach led before an AMRAP and you're using it for stretches, it really gives you the ability to go without a timer, not have to be married to any kind of beeps and give three or four targeted stretches and, and flow like down dog to pigeon or something where you can spend more time on the people who you know need it and kind of tailor it, their experience yeah. to them. Yeah, and, and some, some warm-up movements lend themselves to kind of like no extra time movements. Like if you're doing PVC, you go right from pass-throughs, right on your back good mornings, right on your, like right overhead again to uh, behind the neck press. And, and those 10 seconds almost feels like an eternity sometimes if you're trying to st stick with that format. Yeah. <laughs> to Mel's point, if you don't want to follow a specific clock, what I would do is I would just allot a amount of time that you're willing to give to warm up. So maybe it's eight minutes. So it's an eight minute PVC warm up, and you have specific movements that you're planning to follow, but maybe one coach gets to all nine of those movements, maybe another coach gets to eight of the nine. Maybe another coach adds a 10th movement that's unrelated or that's not in the specific lesson plan. And if you have a time cap to it, it can be a way that you can sort of miss each movements being exactly 30 seconds or exactly 45 seconds, but you just know that there's at least kind of a, a ceiling there to make sure that none of the coaches go so far off track that the, the class gets out like 10 minutes afterwards. Yeah, don't, don't lean into that con. <laughs> Give yourself that time cap, because we all have the long-winded coach that can go 12 minutes into the lesson plan because they like to relationship build in that coach-led format and get themselves off track. Yeah, um, so now for the on-your-own format, um, I think it's really important that we keep it short. One of the things that we see with our veteran members is that it's so easy for them to get distracted in these on, on their own formats and not really get truly warm. And, um, you know, it's okay for them to have, you know, some talking time where they're 
you know, conversing with the person next to them, that friend that they want to see and they're so excited to see. Like, we don't necessarily need to put an end to all of that because part of that is why they like our gym so much. At the same time, if we can find little ways to keep them engaged and make sure they do in fact get warm, it's better. So I just find if you go shorter, it tends to keep them more engaged. Where you can get, get yourself to go longer is when you do go like an EMOM format. If you do a nine minute EMOM, three stations, three rounds through, you're likely gonna get everyone engaged for the nine minutes. Whereas if you say, hey, it's three rounds and it's a nine minute cap, you're probably gonna get less people engaged. And then you'll probably get even less if you just say it's a nine minute AMRAP. So those are actually kind of like all three versions of the same nine minute warm up that are different degrees of buy-in, at least what we've seen. You know, the EMOM's gonna be the most, the three rounds will be the second most, and then the AMRAP, it just allows people to be like, well, I don't really care how many rounds I get, I'm just gonna like talk the whole time. Or it feels good enough, it feels like I've done enough mm -hmm. and I'm gonna move on to the next thing, or I'm gonna go grab a band and stretch on the rig because this doesn't feel like it's getting me warm in the way that I feel pain right now, and they're yeah. kind of moved to doing their own thing at a certain point for some of our athletes. Yeah, the, the members kind of give you feedback on how good or bad your warm-up is, of like how willing they are to like stick with it and engage. And I think it's okay for some portion of your members to veer off because realistically, if they've been with you five, six, seven, eight, nine years, they know their bodies well and they know they kind of need this thing. And they're going through the warm-up and like, man, I just feel like my shoulder feels a little off. I need to do this thing. And I, we should be okay with that as coaches. We shouldn't be so controlling that a member can't make that warm up their own a little bit. But if you have a 10 person class and six people are veering off to do their own thing, then it may not have been the most effectively designed warm up for that day, unless that's just part of your structure, unless like part of your gym is like, oh, we give everybody custom warm up movements and that's what they do. If you expect the group to relatively stay together, then I think that's good feedback that maybe that warm-up design wasn't ideal for this day. Yeah. I have one thing that I, I want to backtrack a little bit because I didn't think of it before, but I think a pro to like the AMRAP style or the EMOM style, this kind of um, on your own format is that you can introduce new movements here. Yeah. And, and But the how to approach it would be making sure you don't introduce something novel more than one novel thing in this. Because if you're trying to get a laundry list of new things, you're a new coach coming into a facility and you're like, I have all these great ideas, here's a YouTube video for X, Y, Z, it can become really overwhelming to people who are used to predictable warm-up movements. Yeah. So making sure that you're only introducing one novel thing, but you know, this is the perfect format to get it in there because you can kind of nerd out on it a little bit, introduce it to them and give them something that, hey, I want to get back to this movement in my AMRAP to try this thing. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you said that. And yeah, you need to balance the complexity of the one movement with real simplicity on the other side because ultimately a warm-up should be geared more towards simplicity than complexity. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys found this helpful. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Andrew at fittown.com or Melissa at fittown.com. And we'll see you in the next one. Thanks.